all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Say they gonna be them Saints. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into our last off-season edition here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter, at the Who Dat Dis. This episode, we're going to be talking about the NFL-NFLPA coming together for an agreement. We're going to really talk about this 2020 season. Is it feasible? We've seen with the MLB now, with the MLB having a little bit of trouble here getting going as games are actually starting. What does that mean for the NFL, really, and for the Saints? We're going to look at what the Saints are doing in training camp and basically how they're keeping the Saints safe, the Saints players safe, coaching staff, all that fun stuff. And then also, we're going to basically preview this beginning of training camp because training camp is a very interesting kind of event this year because it's different. It's not as it normally was. So I think we're going to start off with that breakdown and then we'll get into the economics, get into the safety, really get into everything here in this episode. And I hope that you guys really enjoy it. So starting off training camp, so there's no preseason. So we've already talked about that. There is no preseason. I said probably one preseason game would help out really the whole NFL a lot, but there's no preseason. Technically, they don't matter. And at the end of the day, why do you need to play a game that doesn't matter, especially in in times like these? So again, I kind of understand that. But again, you're going to have really now six weeks until the NFL season or around that, and that's going to be all practicing. So what's going to happen is it's going to be one week testing. So everybody in the NFL is going to get tested basically for a week straight, and it's going to make sure that everyone that's coming into the facilities is going to be tested negative, and it should be all good when it comes to that. So obviously that's really, to me, ensuring, I think you had to do that anyways, because what you're going to do if you test, 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 test for basically a week straight, you're going to figure out the players that have it and don't have it, which is obviously really important. So to me, that system is really good. I love that first week. And you're, you're going to figure out very early, you're going to see, basically, these guys need to be quarantined. They have it. They've been in contact with people that do have it. These guys don't be. They're going to practice. They're going to start. So that's really going to be the first week. And so basically, when the OTA part of training camp starts, we're going to have everybody healthy, ready to go. And that's kind of, or the, the healthy players will be healthy. It's all going to be figured out. We don't have to rush to do that while the Saints are practicing. Because then that second and third week is like OTA minicamp type practices where you're going to see kind of walkthrough types. We all know what minicamp OTAs are. That's the type of practices you're going to see. It's going to be a lot of walkthroughs and simple stuff here. So everyone can get the correct chemistry they need to. And that's basically what the second and third week is. And then the last three weeks is going to be going to go basically the same training camp practices and obviously very um, physical practices. You're, you have to get ready for that first game. So those three weeks are going to have to be very, very good. So this is obviously a condensed, very condensed training camp when looking at it, even though you have no preseason games. So again, I do understand why they took out the preseason games and I do understand it. You get to really ramp up very slowly. And when you get to that point in that third week of the season, or after that third week of the season, I should say, really uh, four through six weeks of the training camp, then you'll really kind of start practicing. Everyone should be ready. You shouldn't see a lot of injuries. And I think teams like the Saints, now look, a lot of teams, those first two weeks, uh, those um, the second and third weeks, I should say, excuse me there, not really the first week because everyone's in the same boat with the testing, but that second and third week, really for the Saints, I, I do think that they have that kind of step above a lot of other teams because they have a lot of 
kind of the same players and stuff, not a lot of new players. Other teams, a lot of new players, those first two weeks, really getting everyone on the same page in person, that's going to be a lot more difficult for teams that don't have a lot of new players or don't have a lot of continuity. So I think that's really big for the Saints. So that's obviously really good. And again, this schedule, it's going to be a slow ramp up. And then really, once you get to that ramp up, it's going to be full go because you got to be ready for September 13th against the Bucks if you're the Saints. And to me, that's obviously really, really big. And again, I'm not that worried about playing at least training camp. Honestly, what the Saints are trying to do, I'll just get right into what the Saints are trying to do. And then we'll get into what the NFL is doing. So with the Saints, it's very interesting. They were actually going to set up their own bubble with like a hotel. And that was going to be really close to their practice facility. And then do like a bubble like all the other leagues are doing like the NBA, NHL. But they were going to do it just for the Saints. And I thought that would have been really interesting. In the end, it was nixed in the last minute, which was kind of interesting. But again, the Saints owner was prepared to pay $2 million to basically buy an entire hotel to create that bubble like where you have all the intensive cleaning. That ended up failing because the NFL didn't really like it. And then also some players didn't like just being in a hotel room for basically the whole camp period. So I do understand that. But what they're doing now and what they offered, because technically their plan hasn't been 100% full go. It hasn't been cleared 100% yet. They're obviously going to have to get that very, very soon. But this is the plan that they're going to go with and that the Saints really feel like this one will get passed easy and should be no problems. So what they're going to do is have a third of the players, of Saints players, going to be staying in a hotel with some coaches as well. And then the rest of the players will be staying with their family in homes, apartments, whatever it is, for the first three weeks of camp. So basically, you're creating a bubble. So it seems like every player that has a steady home, they're not moving around, like those players are going to be in their own home and they're going to need to be tested. Their families actually are going to be tested as well. So I understand that's kind of creating that bubble as it is. So that's obviously very, very interesting. And you're hoping that these players just stay there. They're not moving around. They're not going to different places. And then the players like rookies, probably free agents that don't have a place in New Orleans just yet. Those players, that third of the roster is going to be in hotels. That hotel will probably be cleaned immaculately. And again, that will be a go for that as well. So it's going to be very interesting but um, it is just mind-blowing. I mean, this is what the Saints are doing for training camp. I mean, you wouldn't really think, think this, but the, the situation is remaining fluid. But it seems like that second plan is more likely than that first plan because it seems like that bubble plan, the NFL was not too fond about it. So some players weren't too fond about it. So it is kind of interesting. But again, it seems like the Saints are really in a good position to handle the situation. You saw Sean Payton, who to me... He's a guy that adapts to so many different things, and he's just such a good coach. I'm not worried about it. And you know, he, he even said to the team in a in probably their last virtual meeting, he said, guys, we can do this. We can do this, guys. And that was kind of his motto. Like, he said, the Saints have an opportunity to win the Super Bowl. We can do this. We can win the Super Bowl as camp opens here, even though there's a lot of stuff going against every other team. Like, we can really have a great camp. We're already together as a team. Now we just have to really kind of settle in those kind of fine details and we should be ready to go for the season and we can go out and win a Super Bowl. We can kind of set forth on this journey to win. And again, I love what the Saints are saying. It's actually really interesting. Now you see that the Saints are led by so many veterans, like they're going to be ready. And I do think that the Saints are probably the best prepared for this kind of COVID-19. You don't know what's happening on uncertainty. If they have such a veteran team, they have certainties. Like when we did those training camp battles, like, there's not many, and we're probably going to talk about the quarterback situation. I, I think we're going to wait to talk about that a little more, because we really talked about it so much. I, I don't really want to beat a dead horse here. So I, I think once we get a new kind of 
um, news about it or see how they're practicing, stuff like that, then we'll talk about it there. But um, that is definitely something to look out for, and we're definitely going to get into it once training camp really gets in full swing here. But again, like this team, not many question marks, a lot of veterans, a lot of great players. And again, I'm just really excited for this team. I think they can do it. And Again, like you say, oh, that the Saints, like, what are they going to do? They don't have a full training camp with it seems like everything's going so quick. Just think about some other teams. How about the Bucks who are coming in with Brady? How about the 49ers who are also kind of like a few rookies are coming into big spots and they're going to be kind of replacing some veteran type players. And then you see the Packers to me, like they're a team that obviously they still have a similar amount of team. But again, they kind of, to me, almost got lucky last season. So it's just going to be very interesting. As I said last episode, I think the Saints are the most ready team in the NFC. And I think that, look, you could still add to this team. It's going to be interesting. And the economics right now, that's why I don't really know what's going to happen. Like, I'd be very surprised of any free agent right now getting a big contract. Like, I don't know what Clowney's going to get. I don't know what Everson Griffin's going to get. Honestly, they're going to sign to me in the next few days. That just makes the most sense. Like, why would they want to miss out on training camp as well? Like, they should definitely be signing in the next, to me, week which will obviously be very interesting. You saw Everson Griffin now being linked to the Packers. You also see Michael Thomas trying to recruit Jadavion Clowney after Jamal Adams was traded to the Seahawks, which is going to be interesting to see how that plays out, especially in the NFC West, which to me is such a great division. We don't know if the 49ers are going to come up and win this division again. Like, I I can't 100% say that right now. I don't think you could at all after Adams. Now, Adams, obviously a really good defensive player. You have Russell Wilson, obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But besides those two guys, there isn't so much that like, you're so scared of. Now, there are obviously have some really good players, but you're not like so scared of some other guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. It's going to be interesting to see what the 49ers do. That's going to be an interesting division here. But to me, it is very, very interesting now looking how all these free agents are going to play out. Long-term contracts are going to play out, especially with all these economics. And now that the season's going to start and everything's kind of good to go... That now gives even more leverage to the teams when signing these guys. So to me, that was really interesting. And I do think that the Saints are definitely in the market for signing one of these guys. Or if it's not a lineman, maybe it's going to be a guy in the secondary. It's going to be interesting. But I just wanted to say that as well here. But now I think we're going to get into this agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA on economics about this 2020 season. So the NFLPA had a vote. They passed it, this agreement here between the NFL owners and NFLPA, 29 to 3. And these changes are kind of interesting. So first you get into it, and basically it's going to be 16-man practice squads, but only 80-mans on the roster. And we talked about the 80-man roster. 16-man practice squad is very interesting because not only now do you have 10 guys less, but also just in case, let's say, a player tests positive, you can easily move someone up from your practice squad now onto the team, and it makes it a lot easier. So to me, that obviously is very, very big. And to me, between the 16-man practice squads and then also the 80-man roster, like that was the compromise. Like, okay, we're going to have 10 less guys, but we're going to have more guys on the practice squad. And at least that helps offset the losses with no preseason game, a smaller roster. And hopefully it all works out there. But it is going to be very, very interesting because, again, that is definitely something that we should definitely look at. Those are changes. You're going to have more guys in the practice squad. And then also you're only going to have 80 guys here for the uh, 53-man roster battling for the 53-man roster in training camp. So that's going to be very, very interesting. And also we already talked about it, but training camp is going to be 20 days of ramp-up period and 14 padded practices. So that's obviously very interesting. It's going to be short, especially when we get into those final three weeks 
where it's going to be just really, really quick ramp up, especially with the padded practices and tackling and stuff like that. So that's kind of um, interesting there. And to me, I do like that. And it definitely, to me, that, again, it gives you enough time to now ramp up. So you're hoping that these players really in this mini camp OTA stage can really kind of solidify where they are. Now, they have been doing a lot of things virtually. So hopefully compounded with that virtual now with practices in person, you're hoping that two weeks is enough and you could really get that ingrained. And then those final three weeks of training camp practice is going to be just a lot of like scrimmages playing each other to really get you up to game shape because you're hoping all of the chemistry stuff and kind of the playbook, all that stuff will be ironed out in those two weeks. So that's, I think, what they're hoping for. So that's going to be interesting. Again, there is going to be no preseason, which... I would have loved to have one game just to kind of have a dry run. If you need to cancel games, you can cancel games. Because, look, the MLB is having some trouble. They canceled a few games tonight when I'm recording this. And they kind of have at least a little of a luxury to do that because they do have 60 games. With 16 games, you have a much harder ability to do that, to reschedule and stuff like that. So you would really like that one game kind of buffer just in case something didn't work out. But it kind of is what it is. And at this point, like, train camp's already very truncated. Now you're going to try to fit a preseason game in there. I definitely get that. That's just my opinion. And again, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this works out, how training camp's going to happen, how the Saints are going to get ready for the season. Like, I can't wait to watch this everything, just how it all goes down. And I'm very, very excited for not only training camp, but this whole season. Before we get into the health side of what the NFL is trying to do and all the news with the MLB and how that coincides with the NFL, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we're going to get into kind of the health side of the NFL and what they're trying to do here. We're going to talk about what if a player opts out. And then also we're going to talk about what's happening in the MLB and what the NFL should do in response. Because we talked about for a really long time, like the NFL is going to get the luxury to see how all these other sports come back and the troubles they face, and hopefully they learn from them so they don't have to face them in September. And now the MLB is facing a trouble, so I definitely want to get into how the NFL is going to react to it, what the NFL should do. It's going to be very interesting, but I first quickly want to get into two things. One thing about if a player opts out, and we've already had a few players opt out in the NFL, not on the Saints, but in the NFL in general. So basically what happens if you have a health concern, high risk, the player would then receive $350,000 from the NFL as a stipend because they wouldn't be getting paid their game checks because they're not playing, but they are high risk. So they should definitely get paid because they really can't go back to work because it would be risky for their health. So obviously you don't want to see that. So those players are going to get a little more. And then players that just want to voluntarily opt out, they get $150,000, which is obviously still a lot. But again, it's because they won't be playing. So that's just enough, hopefully, So these players aren't in any financial danger and stuff like that. Because obviously, these players that are opting out, they were probably expecting a lot more money. Even if they were like the 53rd man on the roster, they were probably expecting more money this year. So that's just a little bit to help them kind of offset their losses financially by not playing. Because obviously, they want to stay safe too. And obviously, if they opt out, they feel like they're not being safe. Maybe it's because of their family. However it is. So that is going to be very interesting. Players have to say they're going to opt out seven days from the NFL and the NFLPA agreeing on the deal or before that. So that's going to be very interesting there. So again, that is something that we have to look out on. Will Saints players opt out? What do you guys think about that? Definitely want to hear your opinion on it. I don't really know because everyone has a different situation 
and like we don't know these players' personal lives. So again, you respect their decision either way. And whether it's Drew Brees, Mike Thomas, Cameron Jordan, or it's like the 53rd man on the roster, like you got to respect their decisions. And look, it's if you don't feel safe, you don't feel safe, and you're not gonna really play if you don't feel safe. So that to me is going to be very important. And we're going to see what happens over these next seven days. And we're really going to get a good gauge to see who opts out and who doesn't. So that's what the NFL is doing with the opt out and that front here. Now, when we move over to this next topic, and it's that NFL players who attend high risk activities and contract coronavirus could actually face team discipline and lack of pay. Like, that's extremely interesting. Like, teams are going to be able to find players if they do the wrong thing, if they're not social distancing, if they're going to inside places. And there are some very, very specific things on here. Like, they don't want them going to, like, inside, like, places where you obviously can't social distance. Like, any of that stuff you don't want to be in there. Like, indoor nightclubs, indoor bars, indoor house party, indoor music concert, professional sporting event. Like, again, it's very, it's just very, very interesting in my opinion. And you see this even indoor religious services that are attended more than 25% of a venue's capacity. So they're definitely going to be very careful and players have to be careful outside the building. Like you have to have respect for everybody. If you're a player, like, and coaches, anyone that's entering the facility, because other players have families, like teammates, uh, you don't really know what type of situation they're hundred percent in, like maybe one of their family members has an underlying condition, maybe their wife's pregnant. Like you don't really know what's happening in other people's lives. So you just gotta be hundred percent careful. Like you gotta go to work, you gotta go home, and you could obviously do things where you could social distance, where you know you definitely are in a safe situation. So again, it is gonna be very interesting. And again, if the NFL wants to be played and the NFL is going to want to be successful here. It's going to take really a village here between all the players. It's going to take a lot of trust. And it is going to be very interesting to see how this all works out. And I think it's great that these NFL teams now could have leverage to say, look, if you do something unsafe here in this pandemic, you will get fined. And to me, that is going to be very, very important. And it's something that I think needed to be in place. So to me, that is very big there. And now our last topic of this episode. I know this has been a lot. Just It's basically like the episode before training camp really gets started. So we're talking about all the procedures put in place. Like what is training camp going to look like tomorrow and in these next few weeks? It's going to be very interesting. Like that's what this episode's about. And this last topic to me is the most interesting. So the MLB, they are now kind of hitting a little roadblock in their plan coming back. So obviously their plan was to play a 60-game season have teams only play like their division. So like I'm a New York Mets fan and the Mets are playing the NL East because that's their division. And then they're playing the opposite. So they're playing the AL East. So that's what they're doing to mitigate travel. So you guys have probably heard already that the Marlins, they had, I believe now up to 14 players and coaches on the team have contracted coronavirus. So it is very interesting to see how that's going to work out. So now the Marlins aren't playing tonight in their game against the Orioles. And then also, the Marlins just yesterday played the Phillies, so now the Phillies aren't playing the Yankees. So those games are both canceled. It's going to be interesting to see how this all works out. Now, this morning, everyone was saying, oh, the MLB is going to cancel, excuse me, there. And they said, like, oh, it's all going to go down. The NFL, they're trying to do something similar. That's not going to happen. You just can't take planes. It's, it's even, no matter how safe it is, it's not safe enough. You, you need to be in a bubble. And I wanted to talk about it because, to me, it is very, very interesting because now the NFL is kind of starting and you see another league now going through a little bumpy patch. We're going to see how it all works out. Now, hopefully the MLB keeps on playing. Now, most teams are playing tonight. You have 
really 26 teams playing tonight. So we'll see how this all works out. And hopefully you don't have the spread of COVID-19 across the league. And I don't think that's going to happen. I really think that the MLB should work this out. Like, look, there's a team that got it and you've got to isolate them. And look, if the Marlins can't play for a few days so we can get the players that are tested to play and that are test negative play and the people that test positive don't play and create a safe environment, not only for the Marlins, but the team they play, the umpires, all that stuff. I don't think they're going to play. And it's going to be interesting to see really over the next week because you can see baseball be shut down like really before it even got started, got going. And the NFL, they're kind of doing a similar plan to the MLB. They're not doing a bubble. And maybe the NFL should look towards a bubble. It's very interesting. But to me, I think that the MLB, like, look, this outbreak has now happened on on the team. We don't know how it happened. Like, we don't know if it was a player coming from outside getting it. We don't know if it was from them taking a plane. We don't know if it was from them playing another team. We don't know if it was from a clubhouse staff. Like, there are still a lot of question marks with that Marlins outbreak. And it's going to be interesting to see how the MLB kind of minimizes it and the NFL should be taking notes because this could happen in training camp could happen in the regular season it's going to be interesting and I don't think it could happen in the regular season so that's why the NFL better take notes so that whatever's happening in the MLB right now doesn't happen in the NFL and a lot of people are saying well they need a bubble like that's the only way to fix this and I don't know if that's 100% the case now I don't know if the bubble is 100% foolproof like again we've only seen these preseason games from the NBA we haven't seen a full-fledged go for that now, it should work. Now, we have seen the MLS do a very good job with that. We see women's soccer doing a very good job of that. And it seems like the NHL, excuse me, there is also doing a good job right now. So that's all great. And I, and I do think that the bubble is proving itself successful. But can the NFL do it? They're probably going to need multiple bubbles. We haven't seen how multiple bubbles work yet. I think that the bubbles, unless you have one big bubble and probably two bubbles would probably work too. But I don't even know if that would be kind of feasible for the NFL. I really don't know. So I think the only way you can have an NFL season is kind of do what the MLB is doing and you have to take notes so that whatever happening in the MLB right now is not happening here and not happening in the NFL. So it's going to be interesting to see. And again, now I do think that the MLB's testing situation to me is a little lackluster. It's not like rapid. It's like a lot of wishy-washy. Oh, we're waiting for this guy's test. It just doesn't seem 100% done in my opinion. So I think the NFL could be just a lot more to the point, a lot more quicker. And and I do think that would help a ton. And again, it seems like I think teams in training camp will be good. Like we won't see the full effect of if the NFL's plan is going to work until games start playing, until travel starts playing. Because that's when you have guys really that aren't in a bubble playing each other. But you're hoping that, let's say, for example, the Saints bubble and the Bucks bubble, they're both everyone's negative, everyone's good to go. And when they when they play each other, it should be kind of a wash. So it's technically like they're in a bubble, like they're in the same bubble, kind of. If they're going by the same things and they both have the same negative amount of tests and they're all at zero percent positive, like then you should be good, no matter where you are, no matter if you're in a bubble or if you're not. And to me, that just puts a lot of responsibility on these players. Like if the players want to ha- to create a bubble within their training camp sites and in their team facilities, like they're gonna do it, and then we're gonna see some success. If they're not 100% committed to that and the virus leaks in for some way, then you're going to see a lot of trouble. Just to me, like the Marlins. Because when you're looking at it, like, how would the virus infiltrate this team? It's because someone got it, probably away from the team. Or maybe it was from traveling to another team's facility, like the Braves, like they traveled to. Or also the Phillies. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And you need every team's bubble to be consistently the same and up to 100 really 200 percent 
of cleanliness and really that standard's got to be extremely high for every team, which makes it tough. It's not one place. Like in Orlando, they just got to keep that bubble extremely just 100% very healthy, very clean, like all that stuff. Like you don't have to do that for 32 sites. The NFL is going to have to do that. The MLB is going to have to do that. And it's going to be extremely interesting to see how all of this works out. MLB, NFL, and maybe the NFL are going to be like, oh, we need a bubble. Like maybe they'll say they'll set up four bubbles or maybe even more and then they'll travel like out of those bubbles. But it's easier to maintain four or how many bubbles than 32 bubbles. So to me, that is kind of interesting. At the end of the day, I think that as the NFL is playing right now, I think they can do it. That's just my opinion on it. Now, will there be hiccups? Maybe, maybe not. Like the MLB is obviously going through a big hiccup right now. I don't think anything to what's happening in MLB right now is going to happen in the NFL. That's just my opinion. Because I think the testing will be a little more kind of reliable and it's going to be there on time. Like some teams had trouble with getting testing, like not same day and stuff like that. And I think the NFL will hopefully be more reliable. It's going to be interesting to see how this all works out. But I do think that they can do it. And that that's just my opinion. And again, I think that the MLB will still play. I think they're going to really move on from this. And the NFL is going to learn, okay, this is what the Marlins did wrong. All teams don't do that. Because if they set an example and the NFL could really then kind of tinker what the MLB does, maybe it's positive. Like the MLB has done a lot of things correct to even get to this point. So they've done that. That's great. But obviously this they did one thing wrong to somehow get this outbreak here with the Marlins. So the NFL could be like, okay, they can dissect it figure out exactly what happened, and they don't do it again. It's that simple. Like, the NFL people are saying the NFL's doomed because they're not going to see this. Like, everyone sees what baseball's going through right now, and the is going to be like, okay, this is what they did. Now, maybe they did a few things wrong, and this is why they have this outbreak. We're going to fix it. And to me, that gives the NFL a huge advantage. And to me, that's just the case in my mind. And just because the MLB is experiencing problems doesn't mean the NFL will experience problems. That, to me, is just the case. Like, just because the MLB and the NFL are doing similar plans, it doesn't mean that the NFL can't learn from that plan of the MLB and they can grow from it and make sure everything's in tip-top shape, 100%, like there's no holes, and then everything should go pretty smoothly. So that's going to be very interesting to see how it all works out. I think they will play. I told you guys that from the beginning. I said that they would get the plans done. They did get the plans done. Like, that's check number one. So now we'll see how training camp goes. That's check number two. And then the regular season, that's check number three. So we're going to see how it all works out. But we're at least one step to this football season, this 2020 football season. We're going to see how training camp works out. We're going to see how the regular season works out. But if you can't tell, I'm just extremely excited here. And I can't wait. Really, I think once the Saints players report, we're just going to go into football all the time unless there's any more updates about the NFL's response to COVID-19 and a plan. Maybe there's an update. Maybe there is something that's changed. We'll definitely get all of that information to you guys. But really, besides that, or anything else that there's economic stuff, or really any changes on a league front, we'll get to you guys on that. But now, from now on, it's going to be a lot of training camp. What are the Saints going to do here? We're going to be doing a preview on the season and training camp, so definitely be on the lookout for that as well. But with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion and haven't followed us on our various social media platforms, you can follow us on Twitter at the Dis. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then also you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Instagram at Who Dat Discussion. And then also you can listen to this podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all that fun stuff. We are on every site. Also, you could check out our YouTube channel. We do film studies and other stuff on there. 
We should have more content coming out very soon on the channel as well. So definitely subscribe, leave thumbs up, comment, do all that fun stuff too. Again, I thought this was a very fun episode to do. Definitely getting to everything training camp and it's going to be fun next week, really tomorrow, training camp will start. And if any updates happen, definitely tune right back into this. Like if there's some breaking news, I'm definitely going to sit down here, do a podcast and have it up for you guys. So if there's any breaking news saints, definitely come here to check out what we have in store for you guys on this podcast. So with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening, run it back, and who dat?